This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Thursday, January 27th. 2022. This has been the longest. This week has been the longest year of my life. Yeah, it's an ass kicker. This week feels like a month. Should we have a 40 work week in the U.S. of A? Good old America. We're going to talk about that. America. Uh, Jake pleasures himself to pictures of Joe Burrow. And, um, yeah, but the Fed raised interest rates the other day. Neat. Isn't that great? Everybody go buy a house. You don't have anything to say about my assertion that you are um, pleasuring yourself to photos of Joe Burrow. Well, no, because I have a fat head of Baker behind me. Because No, I'm not going to make a fat head joke. Okay. Nope. nope. Snuka? Not What's doing up? it. Snuka says Merka. Hell yeah. Merka. Edgar Garcia says, what's up, boys? Good freaking morning. Hello. Oh, look, Tanner. Hey, hey, guys, guys, why did the Fed raise interest rates? U.S. Americans. (laughs) Uh, Do not forget to subscribe to this channel if you are not already, because this here Xbox Series X, dude, we're like 100 subs away from giving it to somebody. You're a casual. Yeah, you're a casual. Um, we currently right now is we are constituted on this very program. Wow. We are only 89 subscribers away. Come on, man. From this here Xbox hey, Series X. Get your friends in here. Get your people Let's in here. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So when we get to 3000 subs, we're giving away this Xbox Series X. All you have to do is hit subscribe. Take a picture that you're subscribed. Tag us on Twitter, Instagram, or the TikTok. And, uh, tick, uh, see what had happened. Was, I'm going to say this again. Uh, I did not have sexual relations with Joe Burrow in a mirror. Never. Never. Uh, all you have to do is tag us on a post on social showing you're subscribed and you could win this Xbox Series X. The day we cross 3,000, the very next show, we will announce the winner. We will draw it from our subscriber pool. It's very good. By the way. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Uh, also, by the way, we still are running our TikTok contest where if you follow me on oh, TikTok, yeah. yeah, baby, oh. get it Woo. up, Jake. Uh, if you follow us on TikTok, uh, which we are now over 3,100 followers go. on TikTok, we're trying to get to 5,000. When we get to 5,000, this very here PS5 is going to be given away to one of our TikTok followers. Hook it up. Nice package. The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Which one would you prefer, the Xbox or the PS5? It's really your call. Get in. It's super easy to win. Now, having said all of that. Yeah. The Jazz lost again last night. This time to the Phoenix Suns again. And you had Vivin Arena showering Devin Booker Mm -hmm. with MVP chance. Now, I will just say very simply, I don't understand why we need... Uh, fans only and uh, Pornhub when we can just watch Devin Booker highlights. Yeah. But my point is right. Devin Booker dominated this team. Uh-huh. And the hardest part about Devin Booker 
bro. Dominating this. <laughs> Come on, guy. <laughs> Come on. Dominating this team is that the Jazz did it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Joe Ingles not running back on defense, allowing Devin Booker to get a free run down the middle of the paint is unforgivable. Mm-hmm. The lack of attention to detail by Boyan Bogdanovich allowing Devin Booker to run down the middle of the paint is unforgivable. And the one trend that is unquestionably taking place on this Utah Jazz team right now is a bunch of veterans who just don't seem to give a damn because they're not playing hard and Jake, they're not working hard. And my question simply is, has Quinn Snyder lost this locker room? Yeah, it does. It does beg the question. You know, I I think it's one thing to lose games, um, but it's another thing to lose games in a way where it just doesn't seem like you're trying that hard in, in certain situations. And I know that, you know, I, I don't want to be somebody who questions an athlete's, you know, effort level, but, you know, based on what we're seeing in the game, it just doesn't seem like they're working that hard. It seems like they're more interested in bitching about fouls or, or you know, what's, what's something else going on in the game, you know? And, and this is where I say I, I feel like there's a dynamic at play here where half the roster is working its ass off and half is not. And that would be the young guys and guys like Eric Pascal working super hard on the floor to make things happen. And then you have veterans like, as you were just saying, Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich, who are not working hard. And and I don't know, like, again, on that Devin Booker tomahawk, which was amazing, by the way, just from a pure basketball perspective. But on that play, as I'm watching it develop, it, you know, when you're playing defense in basketball and you're in a transition play, right, where you're running back on defense, but the offense is right behind you, you basically are 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 taking the obvious lane, right? There's lanes on the floor as a defense that you're basically playing. And when when you're an offensive player, you're looking to split those lanes. So as a defender, it's your job to basically get in front of the guy who has the ball to buy your guys time. And that's not taking place on in transition defense for the Utah Jazz, and that's why you see Devin Booker tomahawking dunks repeatedly. And that's that's what's amazing to me. Like a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich should have the presence of mind to say, okay, yeah, I know Book is coming. I know he's on my side of the floor. I need to be ready to step in front and foul this guy. Like last night I'm watching this game and I'm like, dude, we're the Utah Jazz are more excited to foul you at the half court line to prevent the transition play than they are excited to, you know, be physical and stop you from getting to the rim. And that I don't understand that concept. You would you would rather foul and go into the bonus than than make them earn their their stuff at the rim, and and that's just not how the league works. And so has Quinn lost the team? I'm not quite sure. I'm ready to say he's lost the team, but is there a lack of belief in where this team is going this season out of the veteran side of the roster? Absolutely. I don't even think that's in question. I think guys like like Jingles and and Bogdanovich are seriously questioning what's going on with this team right now. Because last year, if you remember, they were the one seed, right? Everything was great. They were able to absorb injuries, but still they were able to go out and win the Western Conference. This year, it's a lot different. This year, you're a 4-5 seed right now. Uh, you're trying not to fall below that. You're All you're focused on as a team right now is getting Donovan Mitchell back this weekend, allegedly. Uh, and apparently that's going to fix all. But what do we know as fans and people who go on the show every day and talk about the team? We know even when Don and, and Rudy and everybody's at full strength that this team is going to struggle to win a title. So that's why I say as the season wears on because it is a marathon. But as the season wears on, 
the mental side of the game is going to start to come into the picture. And that's where I think the Quinn Snyder conversation is unfortunately going to be dragged up, whether he likes it or not. It's going to be dragged to the forefront of the conversation, and he's going to have to work really hard to make sure that these guys don't lose faith. But, listen, unequivocally, no, they shouldn't fire Quinn Snyder. Not right now. No. I think in the offseason, you have to make a (laughs) a coaching change. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but if we're keeps in it real on this show, which generally we do, yeah, um, I think Quinn Snyder has to get more out of the players that he has on this roster now. I mean, it, it's unforgivable that Joe Ingles is not giving you a hundred percent effort when he's on the floor. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's unthinkable, it's unfathomable. Um, you know, like the the most basic tenet that you talked about in in basketball is stopping the basketball. And Boyan Bogdanovich just chose not to do that last night. Yeah. Multiple times. I go back to the Hassan Whiteside foul on Jalen Smith with, you know, under two minutes to go. Who? You're within reach, and Hassan Whiteside is bowling over Jalen Smith. How many people even know who Jalen Smith is? Uh, probably not many. Uh, he's a young center for the for the Phoenix Suns. It was away from the ball. The, the incident was inconsequential. Mike Conley... Uh, had likely gotten fouled by Devin Booker at the rim. They don't call that. They call an offensive foul on Hassan Whiteside. And it's clearly a foul, as you can see on my Twitter timeline. Yeah. It's clearly a foul. And then Hassan gets a technical on top of it. Yeah. And it's inexplicable that this team is being failed by its veterans. And I don't know what's going on with Donovan Mitchell and his concussion. I, I I don't know how bad Rudy's calf is. Those two incidents, those two issues are not the biggest problem for this team. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, you can live in the narrative that if this team gets healthy, they win more games. I'd even agree with you. Yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree on that. <laughs> I, 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 I Totally. They're not a championship contender with everybody they have right now at 100%. They're not. It's because their veterans are either tired or lazy – and they're not motivated. Yeah. And somehow that, that, I mean, that a hundred percent falls on Quinn Snyder. I don't know any other way to put that. Yeah. And you know, I want to play this sound from Quinn Snyder last night in the, in the post game, you know, we're, we're having this conversation about, you know, sort of the guys who are playing now versus the guys who are not playing. And some of the guys now are working hard and some of the other guys are not. And this was basically just Quinn last night kind of giving his thoughts on 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 where the team was at. We'll think about the guys that are out there. And when those guys are back, you know, not that you're not thinking about them, but it doesn't it doesn't do us any good to lament that and say, okay, well, you know, when we get healthy, when we get, you know, there's that, that's part of an NBA season. And, you know, and I'm not, you know, however I sound, I'm not like, I would have liked to play better. But, you know, we've got a team that's um, capable and I believe in them, which is part of the reason that, you know, that there's frustration from all of us. I get it. I'd be frustrated too. But if you believe in this team, what does that mean? And this is, I'm not trying to crush the media, but please, God, somebody ask him, well, when you say you believe in this team, tell me what that means. Do you believe that this is a championship contending team? 
I need that answer out of Quinn Snyder. Yeah. What does that mean mm -hmm. that you believe in this team? Because I don't think there's an NBA analyst, insider, player, coach that believes the Utah Jazz are a championship contending team right now. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think it's taboo to say that either. I don't think that's like that's like hot take guy on the radio to say, hey, right now the Jazz aren't aren't a title contender. I don't think that that's that's what that is. I think that's just pragmatic in the reality of the situation. And yeah. I feel like right now everyone's so focused on, okay, well, who are they going to trade for? What are they going to do? You know, what what are the possibilities? Can they go and get Covington or Harrison Barnes or Marcus Smart or any of these guys out on the market? You know, can they go and get those guys? And the truth is, and I, and I think what's really a ball buster for dedicated Jazz fans is that even if you go and get Harrison Barnes, and let's say that it was Joe and Bogey to get Harrison Barnes, just as a hypothetical. You know, does that does losing those two and gaining Harrison Barnes make you what you want to but be? It, but at this Harrison Barnes rumor, again, if you didn't hear the rumor, the Jazz are supposedly linked to Harrison Barnes by Sam Amick of The Athletic. Um, Sam is a quality guy, really good NBA guy. But what sense does it make for the Sacramento Kings, who have told you they're going to build this team, around Tyrese Halliburton and, and the Fox. Yeah, Swiper. What sense does it make to trade Harrison Barnes, a younger athletic player, for older, unathletic players who are making no effort on the floor right now? Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, the issue in, in Sacramento, the reason that, that they're going to build around De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton, and the reason they're going to wind up trading Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, is because they don't oftentimes make a huge amount of effort. Mm -hmm. And and Buddy Heald is a volume shooter. And Harrison Barnes will bring you draft picks unless you trade him to the Utah Jazz, and they have no draft picks to trade you. Yeah. So I don't necessarily believe it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Now, if it's the Lakers, Kings, and Jazz in a trade, okay, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. If it's the, 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 the Jazz as a third team – and I hear this every single day when I talk to NBA people. I try to take the pulse of the NBA and talk to guys on a regular basis to stay in the news and kind of keep on top of what's, you know, what's being talked about. I have not heard that the Jazz are close to a one-on-one -on -one deal with anybody. And I think that's the biggest problem is that the Jazz don't control their fate at this moment because mm -hmm. they can't go out and leverage a team <laughs> And make a deal. They they just don't have the assets to do that. And I think Harrison Barnes is in demand. So when you when you look at the the Jazz, and there is no question, nobody denies that the Utah Jazz have been the most active team on the phones, mm -hmm. trying to get a deal done in the next week to ten days. They don't have a deal that they can pull the trigger on right now today, or they would have done it. Yeah. And the again the issue is. You look at the guys they're talking about. You look at the Ben Simmons. You look at the Harrison Barnes. Those guys are in demand around the league. And there is nothing that tells you that the Utah Jazz have the assets to get Ben Simmons or Harrison Barnes. Nothing. Right. It would have to be a three-teamer and probably five to seven players. And how many of those trades actually happen every year? Mm -hmm. Not very many. And it, it's just unfortunate that you are over a barrel thanks to to really poor management financially and with assets. Yeah. That's just who you are. So when we talk about the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden, 
They're not going to trade James Harden in the season, they say. And James Harden wants out of there. Well, the Brooklyn Nets are largely in the same situation that the Jazz are. The only problem is the Brooklyn Nets have superstar players that other teams want. Philadelphia, I think, would chop off a limb to get James Harden on that roster right now today. I want it. I mean, they would. I think Philly would love to have James Harden yes. today. Yep. They could probably make that deal happen. I just don't think the Nets want to trade James Harden right now. I think the Nets would very much like to trade Kyrie Irving. I just don't know that anybody would take him. Yeah. So my point in saying all this is I look around the NBA and trades are going to happen. I think in, I think major trades probably don't happen, but I could see, you know, I could see the Cleveland Cavaliers making trades. I could see the Washington Wizards making deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't see any reason that Montrez Harrell stays put because there are teams up and down the Western Conference that would love to have Montrez Harrell on their roster. The Golden State Warriors would love to have Montrez Harrell on the roster. Yeah. It's a matter of what will it take to get him. And But I could see those kind of trades happening. I can't see a guy like a, you know, a James Harden getting moved out of Brooklyn because I, no. I just don't think they want to. Those are the trades you need to happen if you're the Utah Jazz so that you can get in on the backside of that deal and move a an expiring contract in Joe Ingles. I am so incredibly shocked at the rapid decline of Joe Ingles. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I I I am stunned by it. Yeah. I mean he there are a lot of times when I'm watching jazz games and I'm like, oh yeah, Joe's gonna knock this one down. You gave him way too much space and then it doesn't go in. And you're like, man, like where where did he go? Like what what changed? What all of a sudden, Joe Ingles can't can't knock down three of five in a game. Yeah, because that's who he used to be, and and that's and it's like I feel like you know I know James and and our, our Australian contingent, if you will, loves Joe Ingles, and and I love what Joe Ingles did last year. He brought a lot of presence from the three point line, but yeah, the decline is is definitely but been out how, there. It's not that you're getting your shot blocked. It's not that your skill is in decline. It's not that you're 33, 34 years old. Mm-hmm. It's that you're not playing hard. You're not running back. He got his shot block last night on the Devin Booker dunk down the middle of the lane in the first quarter. Yeah. Joe Ingles goes to the basket and Bismarck Biombo blocks his shot. Joe Ingles went to the baseline and then trotted back on defense. Did not run back hard on defense, and it left Boyan Bogdanovich to be one-on-one with a fast-breaking Devin Booker who went up and threw the ball down. Yeah, Boyan thought better of that, didn't he? And it's because Boyan Bogdanovich has responsibilities to the shooter in the corner but never committed to stopping the ball but shouldn't have been in that situation because Joe Ingles has to run hard on defense to compensate for his block shot. And Joe Ingles just trotted down the floor. Well, and I think I, I it's think shocking. The, the Boyan situation is also indicative of where this team is at because any any basketball team that's locked in and like really giving, you know, hundred percent or as they say hundred and ten percent, you know, giving it the game your all, nobody would just allow a player, Devin Booker or otherwise, to just free run to the rim uncontested. And that's what that was. And so, yeah, he did have responsibility in the corner. But I can tell you right now, no NBA coach is going to say to a player on defense, yeah, let's give up a tomahawk dunk in an effort to, to make sure the guy in the corner who doesn't have the ball can't shoot the three. 
Nobody's saying that, right? Nobody would ever ask you or tell you to do that. And so when I look, when I was watching that play happen live, I agree with you about Joe Ingles. I was like, why is Joe not still in the picture? Well, Quinn even talked about it. Yeah. Quinn said our guys are not running back on defense. Yeah, they're not, not working getting hard. down the floor. And and I think that, you know, so you have the Joe portion of that play, but then you look at Bogey and you're like, dude, like you had in the NBA, I, I want to, I want to like put this in perspective about how long these guys have to make decisions because it's not very long. So in the NBA, when you're in transition and you're Boyan Bogdanovich on that play, you've got maybe less than a second to make a decision on whether you're going to step up to Devin Booker or whether you're just going to let him free run. And it's in that moment where where I want guys like Bogey to be like, yep, I'm at least going to make him Euro step to get to the rim. I'm at yeah. least going to make him step to the side or whatever. Like it, it just can't happen. You can't have teams free running to your rim and embarrassing you on your floor, right? You ended up losing this game by whatever it was. I don't even remember what the final score ended up being, but, but the, that's not even the point of the conversation. The point of the conversation is how you went about this game and how you've been going about games. And I just hope that when Donovan Mitchell comes back, Yes, obviously they'll be better on the floor, but I hope the culture gets fixed a little bit because right now it's just it's very sloppy, very lazy, just not engaged at all, and that's disappointing. All right, let's see what some of the commenters are saying. Good morning to everybody. Appreciate you. If you're here right now, make sure you look at our affiliate links. We added the almighty, the ashwagandha supplement to the <laughs> affiliate links. Let's go. I take it every day. Lidocaine and, and B12. I'm, well, it's better than lidocaine and B12, which I take B12 every day too. But um, ashwagandha is a great supplement. It is a really good stress relief, anxiety relief. You, It, it makes a – you feel the difference when you start taking ashwagandha. And by the way, it also helps the lower extremity be more lower in extremity – uh leg type situation you know what i'm saying um, anyway no ash question yeah a, a, ashwagandha works great there's an affiliate link for it below also our at-home covid test that everybody asks us about um again <laughs> if you want to know the things we buy on amazon the affiliate links are always there at-home covid tests the ashwagandha supplement i take ashwagandha as well just so we're on the same page it makes it i'll tell you it helps me sleep it really makes a difference because i know that like we're in a high pressure not our nine to five at the Yelpatory, which we're going to talk about in a bit, is is high pressure. And I do notice that I feel more relaxed mm -hmm. on ashwagandha. It makes a huge difference. Add it to your arsenal. Check out the affiliate link below. Uh, Frank Orion says hello. 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 Good to see you. Uh, Cody Strickland, good morning, too. He says jazz really suck right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brylark says, what's up, boys? Being a jazz fan is so much fun. You're yeah, casual. <laughs> jp stevens shanahan's in the asshole says uh sit shanahan what's up good to see you buddy love the shirt boys arms fit perfect nice okay yeah by the way with the xbox giveaway just saying there's been a lot more questions since guys have been tweeting out uh pictures of the of the shirt what are the uh, questions uh do you have mediums um <laughs> i don't you should lift, so you need an extra large. We have uh, four shirts left, XL and 2X. Uh, they're $25 each if you would like one of those shirts. Our artist is on vacation. He will be back next week. We will drop a You're a Casual shirt. Yeah. 
um, hopefully in the next two weeks. Yeah, casual. But we have four shirts left, XL and 2X, 25 bucks. DM me your address, and uh, I'll, I'll hit you with the uh, the Venmo uh, is the best way that we accept payment on Venmo. Uh, if you just want to Venmo us 25 bucks, it's at the Monty Show underscore on Venmo. And buying a shirt gets you extra entries into the Xbox giveaway. If you just buy saying. a shirt, you get five to one entries on the Xbox X giveaway, which, by the way, we are only 89 subscribers on YouTube away. I don't know how we've picked up so many this week, mm -hmm. uh, but we've picked up a couple hundred subscribers this week, which is great. Giving away an Xbox apparently does that. Um, but, yeah, we are at 2,911. When Damn. we get to 3,000, we will announce – uh, yeah, we had been we had been teetering around 25, 2600, and we've added hundreds of subscribers this week on this Xbox giveaway. So it's going to be. I've exciting. never taken steroids. Yeah, ever. Well, you know the YouTube channel and stuff. Uh, Jake, you were pleasuring yourself to photos of Joe Burrow. That would what? Yes. Would, what would KD say? I I mean, Tanner listen, your best know. ability is your availability. Kevin Durant's got a sprained MCL. He's not playing right now, so you know, smoking Joe is is my new cup of tea. Wow. Uh, James Knight says, put it away. There was no defensive player of the year, no superstar. This is not about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's not. They've lost, what, 9 Bro, of 11? Hold on. Hold on. We're not talking about the winning or losing here. You realize that, right? Yeah. That's not what we're discussing here. Yeah. Just, just so we're on the same page, we're not talking about the fact that they lost the game, and that's why you should be concerned. Defensive player of the year or not, it literally has no effect on the conversation we're having. The conversation is Joe Ingles was on the floor and was lazy as hell last night. The conversation is Devin Booker was at the hash with the ball, running at full speed, and Boyan Bogdanovich didn't want to step in front of him. What does that have to do with Rudy can, Gobert? And can we stop taking fouls to start to stop fast breaks? I mean, the, the bonus situation every night for the Jazz. It kills them. Man, stop taking the backcourt foul and they're not the only one who does it and i think that i think that the league is gonna is gonna come up with a rule to you know to well, but i think it's not that they're the only one who does it but when you foul as much as it's the hassan Whiteside yeah foul. when yeah. you commit fouls like that and then two three times a game you're fouling guys in the backcourt you're giving them free points you're giving the anyway Anyway, uh, Tanner says the Jazz have lost nine of 11 games. I didn't think they were going to do much in the playoffs, but I didn't expect them to fall apart. James Knight says, pretty sure Chris Paul and Devin Booker were bitching about fouls too, right? It, but you, my frustration with the Hassan Whiteside foul, which is what I think James is referencing, you two arms shoved a guy to the floor. They call a foul on you. And then you went and complained that you didn't foul the guy. Like, it's Giannis last night getting dunked on, clearly following the guy, and then being like, I never, he says, I never touched him. Uh, are you serious? Like, those are the complaints that drive me the crazy. The issue with the Hassan foul is that there was no need for it. Where were you going? You weren't going to set a screen. You weren't going to do something in some kind of set that you were running. It was off the ball. You just ran through a guy, and then were upset that the foul was called. And so when you combine that, with all of the, hey, let's prevent transition tomahawk dunks by Devin Booker fouls, when you combine those two things, you're going to be in the bonus super quick. So, you know, yeah, if you want to stay on, uh, if you want to die on the hill of, of oh, well, everybody else bitches about fouls. Why is why is it a problem when the Jazz do it? Okay, fine. Die on that hill, dude. But You were down us, four like, 
and Mike Conley was going to the basket for a layup. He likely had gotten fouled by Devin Booker. And Hassan takes that away. Yeah. You were down four with under two minutes to go. Yeah. To commit that foul is just... Dumb. It's not good basketball. It it, it played a big part of why you why you lost that game because the, the, the game was over at that point. You were not going to win the game at that point. Uh, 50 points on the sidelines and you got beat by eight. That is, that's not why you lost that game. You should have, you were in position to win that game last night. You were, it, it, it's a cultural issue. Yeah. It's not fit in. And, and by the way, Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert, it's not a 50 point thing. Yeah, like that James. Anyway, uh, Calvin Howard says Donovan is a crybaby. Quinn Snyder has been the problem for a while. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is I, – I just think that the culture on this team has fallen apart. Dude, if you if you want to say to yourself there's 50 points on the bench, you're you're up in the night, okay? Yeah, sure. Is there 50 points between those two guys on a nightly basis not being scored? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they score – what did they score, 95 points or whatever it was? I can't remember. 107 like I said. to 95 final They score. scored 95 points. So, you're, so is your case that – that they would have scored 145 points on the Suns last night? No, they wouldn't have scored 145 points on the Suns last night. So, again, with all due respect, come up with a better take. That is just not a a, a well-thought-out thing. Yeah, would they be better with Don and Rudy on the floor? Sure, of, of course. course they would. Nobody's disagreeing with that. But we're not having a conversation about about wins and losses and and, and, man, this is an embarrassment because they lost this game. That's not what we're saying. He also says, did it ever occur to you casuals that Joe is a 34-year-old no-leg to suggest it's effort-based? It's frankly disrespectful with all due respect. Quinn Snyder called him out after the game last night. It, it, you're 34, you're playing in the NBA. Does that mean you can't run hard? Run as hard as you can. You got your shot blocked. There is no excuse for not giving your level best effort. None. He got his shot blocked and pouted about it. And it led to a Devin Booker dunk. Uh, it, 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 anyway. Notice, uh, notice real quick on the Joe Ingles thing. Notice we've moved on from Joe Ingles was in Paul George's head. Notice we've moved on from Joe Ingles as one of the most prolific three-point shooters in the league. Now what are we bitching about? Now what are we complaining about? What is your excuse about Joe Ingles now? Oh, well, he's old and you guys are just ripping on him. So we agree. Joe Ingles is old. He shouldn't be on the floor most nights, but he is on the floor because you have injuries. So we agree about Joe Ingles. The difference is, is you want to defend him, and we're just telling you what the reality of the situation is, which is he has a pride complex. He got blocked. He didn't want to go back down, and that resulted in Boyan Bogdanovich being on an island in no man's land, and ultimately Devin Booker threw it down in your face on your home court. Yeah. That's just what it is, man, and, and I understand you don't like it. You can say it's disrespectful, but the problem with that is that the, the facts say that he was lazy on that play. There's nothing to argue. Quinn Snyder straight up said we didn't get we didn't run hard on defense. He was talking about Joe Ingles. Like, Come uh, on, man. Brylark says, I've never heard Quinn so dejected. He's searching hard for answers and not coming up with any. Frank Orion says, Daniel House Jr. said, believe something like that the Jazz have all the things they need to become a championship contender, so something needs to be done. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I what think, else is Daniel House Jr. going to say? Is he going to say that they're a bum team that, that he doesn't want to play should for? Be better. This team should be better than they're performing now. I agree. I mean, you, yeah, there, I agree. there is too much talent on this roster, Don and Rudy or not. There's too much talent on this roster 
to lose nine of 11 games. Yeah. Nine of 11 games. Yeah. And again, it's defense. I, I just go back to what, what I what I consistently say. This team is built around the wrong guy. And when you're built on defense and you can't defend, you're going to lose a lot of games. And they are built around Rudy Gobert. And it's a huge problem for this team. And the only way to change that is to transform this roster. Because you have a bunch of dudes who can't keep guys out of the paint. Mm -hmm. Period. I mean, the Suns last night, the last two nights that you've played, you've watched the Suns just get into the paint. Get into the paint. It's the same way, both games. Consistently, and whether Rudy's there or not, they're still getting in the paint. R Rudy Gobert is not solving Devin Booker getting wide open looks at the elbow. Can we all agree on that? Cody Strickland says, what are you guys talking about? You guys know we have a perimeter stander, I mean defender in Buckets O'Neal, and why am I playing white side on our team? Do you guys even watch jazz games? Yeah, casual. We don't watch jazz games. What a stupid son of a bitch. Did it ever – It look, I, I just – yeah. Anyway, James, I love the full heel turn you're doing on the show. We need some flavor like that in our chat. Joe is not a 25-plus-minute player anymore. He's not. He's not. He, you, he At his – where he is physically, Joe Ingles should not be playing more than 20 minutes a night. No. He just is not. And this is the problem with development. You need Elijah Hughes to play the Joe Ingles minutes. The extra five to seven minutes that Joe can't play anymore. You need – uh, and Elijah Hughes to step into that gap and do that because Elijah shoots the three well, and he's now he's a better physical defender than Joe Ingles is. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. You need a guy to step up. I mean, you know, frankly, Trent Forrest is is getting an opportunity, and you're seeing now. Anytime you have a role player and you put him into a prime time role, mm -hmm. when you take a ten minute guy and you give him thirty minutes, the the all of the moles are going to be exposed now. Yeah. You know, like all of the deficiencies. So you're seeing that in some of these guys. Yeah. You know, Frank Daniel House Jr. has been a, a really good addition for this team. Yeah. I mean, he he brings some of the energy that you need, and it'll be interesting to see. You need, you know, you need that X factor guy. That's one of the major things that this team lacks. You don't have that that Patty Mills. You don't well, have was that. Well, it was Jordan Clarkson. Well, it used to be, it yeah. It was Jordan Clarkson, but Jordan yeah. Clarkson – for whatever reason, is just having a rough year. I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy last year who was your sixth man of the year, who was dominant off the bench and a major reason why your 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 team went as far as it did. But then this year, he just I, I mean, there's no other way to really say it. I'm not again, I'm not trying to be negative, but the numbers say and the eye test says, hey, he's just not making as many shots this year as he did last year. And, and, and I don't know how you explain that other than he's just having a rough year. Yeah. You know, like what else do you say? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, Joe Ingles, frankly, is not your biggest issue right now. It, it is that I think this team has lost its way. I think it's lost the belief in itself. And I, I think you need a significant change. And from everything I understand, the Jazz are trying to do that. I think right now, if you're Quinn Snyder and you're this team and, and you're not because if you're Quinn Snyder, you're not your your job isn't to worry about whether you're going to be here next year or anything. Your job is to win games that are right in front of you. So if you're Quinn Snyder, you know, I would think the thought process is, OK, we just got to get through the adversity that is this stretch without our two best players. That's step number one. Yeah. We just have to work through I this. I would agree with that. Then, once we get Don and Rudy back, now our run back up the Western Conference begins. 
because that's ultimately what you're tasked with. Hey, Don's been out. Rudy's been out. We get these guys back. Now it's my job as the head coach of this basketball team to to get this team all moving in the same direction so we can get up to ideally the, the three seed because I don't think that you're right now, even with Don and Rudy, I don't think you're going to beat the Warriors and the Suns consistently with what they offer. Yeah, Brandon makes a good point. Um, Brandon says, I, I would love a Harrison Barnes trade, but if that's the only trade we make, don't make the trade because it doesn't help us on its own. It's a great that's point. A really it's good a point. really good point. That and that's really why I say, point. you know, it doesn't surprise me to hear that, you know, Danny Ainge has been on the phone a ton trying to see what's out there. That's what I think this situation requires. You got to call everybody and see, okay, you know, I've got team A that's offering me this, team B, team C, team D. What do we like? Let's be honest. If this team is 100%, everybody that's currently on the roster, if the Utah Jazz are 100%, mm-hmm. does making a Harrison Barnes trade make them a championship contender? If you can keep Boyan Bogdanovich, it does. But I don't think you can to get that done. I don't think you can either. I think it's a matter of what would it cost you. Yeah. Because my guess is you'd have to – I mean, are the Sacramento Kings going to replace Buddy Heald with Jordan Clarkson? Because, I mean, that's where Buddy Heald is right now. Does a does a Boyan Bogdanovich or a Jordan Clarkson make, you know, De'Aaron or, or Halliburton better? Probably not. I think, though, if you're Danny Ainge, um, you can come up with a way to sell the Kings on why Bogey would work. And that's what I think makes Danny Ainge special. I think that's what's given him the ability to make. Because remember, this is a guy who's made some pretty damn big trades in his history as a as a front office executive. So I'm not saying that 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 the Kings are going to be like, oh my god, I need Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. But I do think that there's part of this conversation where where I could see Danny Ainge is on the phone with the Kings. He's got a sales package for why they need Boyan Bogdanovich. I'm sorry, did you say package? Yes, a package. Yes, a big large, thick package on why they need Boyan Bogdanovich. And he's going to try and sell the hell out of that. And hopefully the Kings bite. I, that's where they are. That's yeah. like that's what you have to do. Um, <laughs> real quick before we get to you smoking Joe Burrow. Right, right, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Smoking Joe. I mean, we're at, the, we're at the point of the season now having this conversation where I think you've got a lot of clarity on who's legit and who's not. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look out west, I mean, that picture's much more – solidified I don't think there's any doubt the Suns are the best team in the NBA right now Mm -hmm. um even without you know a couple of real integral pieces DeAndre Ayton um in particular but I mean you can see that they are I think by far the best team in in the West right and I don't see a team in the East that's better than them including Milwaukee Mm -hmm. but I mean who who's a real threat to 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 them I mean a healthy Golden State certainly would seem yeah I think the West is a two-team conference right now it's the Suns and the Warriors and I think those just right now are the two best teams I think I think you know everybody else is kind of in the melting pot I think I want to see so everybody's really hot on Memphis and for good reason they deserve that respect but I want to see them play a legit fully healthy fully good to go Clay Thompson that's what I want to see I want to see how the Warriors play when Klay Thompson at, is at his level best making the shots he typically makes. So to me, right now, I think it's a two-team league or two-team conference with the Suns and the Warriors. And I think everybody else is just kind of in that melting pot. And I think that the Lakers 
are are in kind of in turmoil right now. I think LeBron is playing out of his his ever loving mind right now. It's amazing. Um, it's beautiful to watch. But I think that the Russell Westbrook thing, it, until that's resolved, until they move on from him, or until it's decided that he's going to be here, and you just got to make it work, they're not going to move forward and take that next step that we all expect them to take. So it's just going to be a matter of how long it, it takes them to figure that out. Honestly. Yeah, and I I think the other thing is, you know, you're looking at a Suns team that's still continuing to win without Jay Crowder and without DeAndre Ayton. Which is and wild, man. I, I mean, I, I think the contribution that the Suns are getting from Bismack Biombo is pretty legit. I mean, when you Well, that's what led to the conversation this morning, if you think about it. I mean, yeah. that block is what led to the whole thing. Twelve points and three blocks, six boards for Biombo last night. What did um, you look at Jalen Smith playing nineteen minutes, he gives you eight points, a steal, two blocks, and seven boards. I mean, like, they're getting output from guys that they don't count on. Yeah. And so when you look at how good the Suns can be, how much better is this team if Jay Crowder's wrist isn't jacked right now and he's playing defense? Much better. How much better are they if they, you know, if their focal point is DeAndre Ayton again and they're able to play inside out mm -hmm. instead of right now they're playing outside and letting guys clean up? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, they're able to play both ways. And by the way, you have a, a GM that just got a contract extension in James Jones that I think is going to make deals at the deadline. So the Suns team we saw last night beat the, beat the Jazz by eight points or what have you is not even the best version of this Suns team. Well, and I think the Suns, like, like I think the <coughs> best way I would describe these, these couple of teams here is that, is that it seems like for the Suns and the Warriors, the, the tide is going up, right? Everything's great, positive. You know, everybody's There's rising. Energy, There's yeah. momentum. Yeah, like momentum and energy. And I think for the Jazz, the, the that's where they were last year, you know, and now they're in a different place. And and that's that's why I guess it's so hard because I would love to be able to talk about the Jazz being right there next to the Suns and Warriors and this being a three-dog yeah. three fight and the best man wins. But that's just not where it's at right now, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't think there's anybody else. If, if the Lakers and Rockets make this trade – I, I think the, the Lakers become instantly championship contending quality. I mean, if you add John Wall, if you add a dynamic, healthy point guard mm -hmm. to that lineup, you, the West is going to be much a more better shooter, a better guy yeah. on offense, just a guy who understands like, and this is the thing that worries you about like the jazz making a Marcus smart trade. Does Marcus smart understand? He's not your best offensive player because Marcus smart likes him. So Marcus smart. Yeah. Right. Like a guy like John Wall is so thirsty to get back in, in into regular minutes in the NBA. I think he would fit right in there and it immediately removes a bunch of dysfunction that the Lakers have been dealing with. Yeah. And when you when you do that, I mean, it's a whole different ballgame, man. Yeah, it changes things significantly. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, out east, I, I still I still want to know what Philly's going to do with Ben Simmons. If they truly want to hang on to him. Uh, to make a run at James Harden in the offseason. You know, adding Ben Simmons to Brooklyn is probably not the best idea for Philadelphia. So I don't see them adding, you know, James Harden as a, in a trade. I could see them shipping out Ben Simmons at the deadline to make room in the summer for James Harden. I could absolutely see that happening. Yeah. But they've had so many opportunities to do that. I mean, the latest rumor was, the Bulls were after Ben Simmons, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. But, I mean, the Bulls are so dinged up right now. I mean, you get Javante Green back in Chicago, and now you've lost Alex Caruso for six to eight weeks, mm -hmm. um, who I think 
it's not that you're going to miss Caruso on the floor. Now it lowers his trade value a little bit yeah. because he's a guy that a lot of people thought, hey, the Bulls are going to be able to move Alex Caruso to improve themselves. Headband Caruso, please. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because they need help, <coughs> excuse me, in the middle. Yeah. Even though I, I, I thought Vucevic played really well for the Bulls last night. Um, you know, he hit an incredibly, incredibly important jumper um, and played some good defense. But, I mean, Vucevic is just so damn soft. So yeah, that's I, an area they need to improve on if they want to continue to climb. Yeah, I don't look at the I don't look at the Bulls as a championship contender in the East. I, I just don't think they have. I mean, as much as I like uh, DeSumo and as much as I like Javante Green. They feel like a next year team. Yeah, they're that's just they feel ba- like. their their core is, you know, Levine and, and DeRozan. DeRozan's still playing at an MVP level. But right now, I mean Derek Jones Jr. is a huge loss for them because he's able to guard the three, four, or five. So anyway, here and there, I don't look at them as a contender. And now I, I think the Miami Heat are starting to play their best basketball of the year. Yeah. Um, and you know that they are always aggressive at the deadline. You know, I love what Cleveland's doing right now. I, I Cleveland's a Cinderella story. Nobody saw this coming. You know, Evan Mobley again, the dunk on Giannis. Man. You know, you've got Darius Garland. You've, I mean, you've got some pieces over there, and I think. You know, again, you've got these you've got several teams that are like a year away. And that's why that's why I think Memphis is dangerous. Not to go back to the West, but yeah. but when I look at the Bulls and I look at the Cavs and I look at the Heat, you know, and then I look at the Grizzlies and I'm like, man, the Grizzlies would probably kick the hell out of all three of those teams. They probably would. Look at Charlotte five over. Yeah, you know. So I don't know. I just think there is a mix of teams out east that are, you know, good teams, but not championship contenders. And I think the championship contenders out east, assuming that the Sixers make a move, would be the Nets, the Bucks, and the Sixers. I think those three teams are just going to crush themselves getting to the finals. By the way, when everybody laughed at me about Jamal Murray the other week when I said Jamal Murray was probably 14 to 21 days away. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets say he's two weeks away. You're casual. By the way, also Michael Porter Jr., this was the shocking one. Listening, because I have no life, I mean, I, I literally have no life. Never. It's ridiculous. I'm listening to Sirius XM NBA radio yesterday. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Michael Porter Jr. now is practicing and warming up. He's taking part in pregame shooting. And I'm telling you, if that team gets MPJ back, if that team gets Jamal Murray back. Jamal's the one they need. Jamal is the one they need. If they get those two guys back, Denver's now a top five team in the West. I mean, they just need to get into the playoffs. They're teetering. Um, you know, they're sixth right now. They're teetering on the playoffs. Yeah. You don't want to be in that seven, eight, nine, ten spot. They ain't trying to be in the play-in, bro. No. I mean, and the Lakers, by the way, the Lakers better be careful. Yeah. The Lakers, that's why. Th- just hold your water. And, yes, Memphis is for real. And if you say they're not, I'm punching you in the face. Make sure you hit subscribe. We're giving away I'm going to say this again. Hit subscribe. Um, <laughs> make sure you hit subscribe because we're giving away this Xbox Series S right here. X. 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 Dude, X bro. You stupid fuck. This is an X, not an S. Hey, make sure you hit subscribe on the channel right now. What a stupid son of a bitch. Because we're giving away. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We're giving away this Xbox Series X uh, when we get to 3,000 subs. You know, 
Yeah. Um, if you buy a T-shirt from us, we only have four left, I think it is now, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, for 25 bucks, you get five entries to win the Xbox Series X. 50 bucks could make you 800 Funky Orion says, oh, things got intense now. At least they're aware they're struggling. When Rudy Gay went to Utah, he believed the Jazz were a team that can win a championship. Uh-oh! Mm-hmm. Guys, guys, guys. If you could say which year uh, had the best BMX bike, which one is it? Who the f*** are you? 1976. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Duh. Duh. What an idiot. I just saw a video of them last night, and Gay looks super pissed. Probably should. Jeremy Bolton says, LOL, did you just say the Bulls would have to move Caruso to make themselves better? Beautifully said. No, that's actually not what I said. What I said was I think the Bulls realize they're not a championship caliber team right now. And I think I think Alex Caruso is one of their better trade chips. They need assets right now because the Bulls this summer, I think this coming summer for the Bulls is a critical, critical piece. Because there's not a whole lot of guys on that roster you want to move. Mm-hmm. I mean, Io DeSumo is DeSumo, excuse me, is stud. I mean, that kid is going to be something spectacular. Yeah, he is. I, I agree. There's a lot of people in Chicago um, that believe he is the next Derrick Rose. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think he needs two years and he could be at that level. He is. I mean, he is a player. He is a player. That kid is good. And I think Alex Caruso, I know the Lakers would like to have him back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of deal that you can get better on. You know, if you can if you can move Alex Caruso to a contender in the West, I would not have him in the East. Because can you imagine Alex Caruso, what he does for the Sixers? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Alex Caruso, what he does? I mean, think about how much better the Nuggets are with Alex Caruso. Yeah. That's what's scary. Like the There's little... no doubt he's an asset. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, a trade chip. Well, now he's got a broken wrist, thanks to Grayson Yeah, Allen. thanks, douche. All right, time for you to blow Joe Burrow for a while. Uh-huh. Um, you're really on Joe Burrow. You are... I just think he has an opportunity to do something that doesn't get done very much, which is build a Cinderella story of a career inside of five years in the NFL as a starting quarterback. So, hey, you came into the league, you almost made the playoffs your first year, then you get hurt you know, in adversity strikes. You come back, your knee is great, you're smoking Joe Burrow again, you win big game after big game, and now you're in the in the uh, the AFC championship game. You know? If he somehow, some way, were to win this game, yeah. tell me that smoking Joe Burrow is not the talk of the town heading into the Super Bowl. Smoking Joe! I mean, tell just tell me. Like, tell me how... This guy's this guy's resume heading into the divisional round Joe Burrow. In, in big games in his career was four and zero and he's averaging four hundred and forty five yards a game in in must win ball games going back to his college days. He's a sex machine. So if he sends Mahomie home, what are we gonna say? Joe Burrow. Yeah, roll out the slurp juice, dude. Roll it out. Do I it. love Joe Burrow. Yeah. Do we need to get a fathead of Joe Burrow behind me here? I don't watch. I don't watch Pornhub. I just watch Joe Burrow highlights. You know. Yeah, you're right. 100. percent Joe Burrow. Just so you can go to Pound Town. Yes, I embrace it. I'm. I'm with it. Insemination. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I sent Jake a video of a cow getting vacuumed or a horse getting vacuumed yesterday. <laughs> I think that's HIPAA. 
How, like, how do you find this stuff on TikTok? Like, how does that even happen? The hell out of here, man. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> a horse. <coughs> oh. <coughs> a horse. Getting <laughs> a horse getting vacuumed. Line of cane and B12. <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's not a chance in the world they're going to Cincinnati and winning. Now, I think the game they're, everybody... They're not going to Cincinnati, bro. Or Kansas City. Fuck off. There's no chance in the world. <laughs> <coughs> the j- <coughs> You're a casual. That Joe Burrow... Yes, I am. <laughs> that Joe Burrow's going to Kansas City with the Bungles, and the Jungle's going to win. There's, that's not happening. It's not yeah, happening. Keep keep doubting it. I mean, keep doubting it, dude. You know, Travis Kelsey's mom's going to be at the game. So? How's... You know. Fat! Did you see that somebody went up to Travis Kelsey's box? Okay, that came out right. Wow. Travis Kelsey has a luxury suite at every game. His mom was in the suite, and someone's like, hey, thank you for for birthing him. Thank you. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. What? Thank thank you so much for having me. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Guys, hey. Oh, hey, Mr. Kelsey. Um, I, uh... Um, thank you for having sex. I'm going to say this again. That that egg was powerful. Good job. Good job. All right, Damn. bye. See, see you later. Damn. Like, somebody went up to her suite and said thank you for having him. People are weird, bro. People, what are you talking like, what about? What are you doing? But anyway, yes, I think that – I don't think that – I don't think Cincinnati is going to go in there and get blown out by 35. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, could be. Uh, Game Bucket Boy Z says, bro – the Jazz don't have Donovan or Gobert. This team is still good. Were they good with Donovan and Gobert? So this is a new guy to the show. So yep. the process is going to play out. Um, <laughs> Cody Strickland says we need Barnes, Smart, and Robert Covington and some picks. How can we get all four at this trade deadline? I feel like we could make that happen. Schemers trying to control their little worlds. Obviously, Bogey, JC, Joe, and Royce would all have to go. What would I do without you? Good luck. Good luck. Monty, the Tanner voice is gold, man. (laughs) Wow. And your comment got filtered, Travis, but he said, can you just do that effing Joe Burrow voice all day? Joe Burrow! Joe Burrow! Smoking Joe! I'm for real. Joe Burrow. I'm for real. (laughs) Um, By the way, real quick, uh, speaking of A.A. Ron, um... Did you, Where is A.A. Ron right a, now? A, a, hey, hey, hey. Uh, did you guys see? And maybe you didn't. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers has an offensive coordinator, or I should say had mm-hmm. an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. um, in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And his name is Nathaniel Hackett. They are almost best friends. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. What a You're dick. Aaron fucking Rodgers. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. had a great relationship. Nathaniel Hackett allegedly um, just got hired by the Denver Broncos to be their head coach. Yeah, I've been immunized. For two years, we've heard about A.A. Ron going to Denver to be the Broncos' new quarterback. Where is A.A. Ron right now? So now is Aaron Rodgers going to, to Denver? Yeah, I've been immunized. I mean, he's a weed smoker. We know that. By the way, did you see that he's trying to rekindle the relationship with his brother? What an idiot. I, I mean, what does this guy think? 
Th- th- do you think that you're going to be able to rekindle your your relationship with your family after you told them to go f themselves? Like, yeah. like, what do you think, dude? If Aaron Rodgers is an odd dude. I would be stunned if if he leaves Green Bay, and I still don't think he will. But if he leaves Green Bay, I've got to believe that he goes to Denver now. And can you imagine the AFC quarterback situation? Are you out of your goddamn mind, Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow. I, I mean, <laughs> Patty Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. You look at Derek Carr. I don't know. I think the Raiders could do better than Derek Carr, but, um, you. I mean, what? Where eventually does? Where does a guy like Justin Herbert end up? Excuse Is he me. One of the what? Justin Haybear. Justin Haybear. <laughs> uh, does he end up as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? I don't know. But right now he's in in you know L.A. San Diego. Nobody wanted us, and now we play in the Rams Stadium. Bet you weren't expecting this one. The Chargers. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I just the AFC is where the quarterbacks go to win. I mean, Stick. it's it's remarkable. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC, mm-hmm. you're Aaron fucking Rodgers. I can't even. The AFC West would be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Would I be mean it would. It, yeah. Ridiculous. And if you and then what about Russell Wilson? Everybody yesterday was talking about um, that the Raiders want Russell Wilson. The Raiders. And that he wants the Raiders and that they would inseminate each other and win a, and birth a Super Bowl championship. Like, they're a better team with Russell Wilson. Here's the game plan. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah, I agree. Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. There's no doubt. Yeah. Should we, we should probably stop with the birthing insemination stuff. <laughs> I mean, you did send me a video of a horse getting vacuumed. I did. I did. We get it. Game Bucket Boy Z says the record was a lot better when they were both healthy and had Whiteside. Well, well yeah, of course it's better yeah. when they had those guys. Dude, that's not the conversation. But though. are you trying to be better or are you trying to win a championship? Like, what are you trying to be? I mean, the, the problem is, and there are some days that I just want to poke Craig Bowler Jack in the eyeball. When he, he goes on about how, oh, the Jazz are an elite team when they have all their guys. What a stupid son of a bitch. When all our guys are healthy, this team's elite. They're not elite. This is a good team that's not great anymore. Yeah. Last year, they were a great team. That loss in the playoffs to the Clippers, that hurts you. By the way, what if the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back? <laughs> you know. Just saying. You know. Um, Tanner Plummer says, yeah, the Tanner voice is gold. <laughs> what do you guys think of Josh Hart? Would he make us better? Yes. Josh Hart would be in, in a really good bench guard for you. Yeah. He is not a starter on a championship team, but I think he can't be traded till March. I'd have to look into it. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't want to say, I don't know. James Knight Tanner, you know, they're taking the, uh, PS 55 out of you, right? They're taking the piss out of you. Um, but Tanner's our dude, though. Like, yeah. Tanner is Tanner gets it. We're, it Andy Pettit is my friend. Yeah, Tanner's my friend. Like, <laughs> stop. He's, these fucking steroid drops are incredible. They are. <laughs> the Roger Clemens steroid uh, stuff is amazing. Line of cane and B12. <laughs> I hope we get Marcus Smart. We need him, Quentin Moyer says. Never. Never. Okay, good. <laughs> Tanner Plummer says, I want to poke Craig Bowler Jack in the eyeball. You and me both, Monty. I'm going to say this again. <sighs> We're just, it, it, this show is fun. Nothing on this show is personal. Nothing. <coughs> Nothing. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Yeah, I mean, outside of the fact that James Knight still has not sent us our 4X gold. 
If I got to come down there and extract it with a vacuum used on horses, I will. I'm going to get medieval on your ass. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Jake and I have a healthy exchange of raunchy videos on TikTok and what Instagram. Now? Let me Let tell, tell you what, what now. <laughs> and I, I'm serious. Somebody's asking <coughs> if, if I legitimately sent a video <coughs> of a vacuum, a horse getting vacuumed. <coughs> Which means a horse having his um, ashwagandha extracted through his pee hole. What's an erection? <laughs> 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 yes, I did. Yes, I did. Speaking of extraction, thinking of extractions through your pee hole. <coughs> um, should we go to four day work weeks in this country? I mean, yeah, I'll be. I uh, think we should. The Beto's burrito was amazing yesterday. Betos. I can never say it right. Betos. Burrito was amazing. Um, but listen, I'm telling you right now, a four-day work week would be amazing. Okay. I already work 10 yeah. hours so a day. So lay out, our, lay out our average day. Let's our start af- there. Like this morning, my alarm went off at 4.30. Got up, took a shower, you know, brushed my teeth, take my vitamins. And ashwagandha. Uh, vacuum myself. You know, like I, I did what I do in the morning. Linocaine and B12. Uh this morning, it was take my vitamins, take my ashwagandha, take my vitamin C, take my Dayquil cough. Mm. <coughs> so by that time, it's 5010. 5010. Yeah, that's how awake you are in the morning. Um, <laughs> then the blood sucking leech walks through the front door. Thank you. Yes. Uh, then Jake shows up at about 515. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in the studio no later than 520. We do yeah, yeah, I know what time it is. We do this show till 8, mm-hmm. generally. Uh, and then immediately we pivot into Yelp ads, MFR. Mm-hmm. We put cards on file all day until about 6 o'clock. I'm going to do that. Then we don't watch jazz basketball. Then we go to bed and we do it all over again. You're oh. casual. So if I'm in bed by 9-ish, you know, my day essentially runs. I'm running an 18-hour day. It is what it is. I sleep about six hours a night. Just saying. So. Would I want four 10-hour workdays like a lot of Europe does? Yes. How great would it be to just have to do the show on Fridays and not have to yelp? Could you imagine? Do you know how much more snowboarding I would get in? Um, Like, I would love it. I would sleep on Friday. I would do the show at like eight instead of six something. I get an extra hour of sleep. Like it would be remarkable. Yeah. My quality of life working four 10 hour days at the full time nine to fiver would be exponential. Well, let's better. be honest. For us, it's four 15 hour days. Let's be honest. Like that's what it is. Um, Quentin Moyer says only casuals don't watch the jazz suck ass. Correct. Yeah, casual. <laughs> suck ass. Correct. <laughs> that was really good, Quentin. Bro. You know, I was telling my wife last night, we were watching Catfish, <laughs> the show Catfish. Oh. And I was like, I just can't watch the jazz right now. I don't, I can't bring, even even though Devin Booker, my guy, mm-hmm. again, why do I watch fans only? I don't. I have Devin Booker highlights. I want more. Um, you know, uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. So we flipped on Catfish and I went to sleep. It was Suckmyass.com. <laughs> uh, anyway, the point is. <laughs> yeah. It is hard to watch the jazz right now. I'm not not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but I would love four 10-hour days. Yeah. Imagine your nine-to-five job being, you know, being being an eight-to-six job four days a week. Could you do that? 
Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do it right now. Yes. Yes, I could do that. Yes, that would be amazing. Four tens would be awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And it is it is something that we should absolutely talk about. We should not work Fridays. Yeah. And I'm not in favor of working, uh, having Monday off. I want it to be Monday through Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're off. Pound box, go snowboarding, eat burritos, go to bed. Do it again. Yes! I mean, it seems pretty straightforward to me. And I don't understand why in this country we do this. Everybody else in the world has reasonable, like, sick time, vacation time, mm-hmm. you know, work hours, and they're all more productive. Mm-hmm. I got to take ashwagandha just to relieve my stress. There's a yes, link Americans. In, the, in the description. Go ahead. Read the description. There's affiliate links below on the podcast and on YouTube. Right, yeah. Uh, and by the way, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. But I would love four 10-hour days. I think the quality of life, in all seriousness, your quality of life, your quality of sleep, your yes. quality of, of working out, spending time with your kids, spending time with your wife, more time in the hot tub, more time to make your yard look great. More time to take a three-day weekend to Tahoe or Denver. Come on, man. Why not? Why wouldn't we do that? When it when studies and research show that companies that go with four 10-hour workdays get more productivity in those four days than everybody else who works five eight-hour days. I, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, and I would love it. I mean, I, honestly, like for us, it's just it would be ideal. So. Well, Brylark makes an excellent point. Brylark says it's called capitalism, Monty. We are slaves to the companies who give their executives seven-figure bonuses. But what do I always say on the show, Brylark? What do we talk about all the time? Yep. If you're collecting a paycheck, you're doing it wrong. A I'm pay- going to say this again. A paycheck is the drug they give you to make you forget about your dreams. Period. I'm going to say this again. That's what this is. And I'm telling you right now, every day that we punch a clock, Every day that we go to Yelp, every day that we go to everywhere that we all go to to do our jobs, we're giving away another day of our life. You're fucking giving away another day of your life. Come on, man. Now, in exchange for that, in exchange for that, I make well north of six figures. I do really well. I live in a beautiful house. I live in a beautiful community. I drive a, a twin turbo V6. Like, I have a good life. I want more. I want a better life. I want, I, I want to work when I want to work. I want to make residual income. I want to more. Yeah, I want to own a dozen jack in the boxes. Yeah, dude. I want to I I want to work whenever the fuck I feel like working and I want to sit home when I feel like sitting home. I want to be in Norway snowboarding right now. I don't want to be sitting in my studio getting ready to go work at Yelp. And I love Yelp. Yelp treats me really well. I just won another award at Yelp back here on the shelf. Just so you can go to Pound Town. You know, like I love Yelp. It is a great place to work. You need a job? Hit me up. DM me. I'll get you a job at Yelp. Yeah. I don't want to work there anymore. I want to be in Norway snowboarding. And I want to check my email and see. I want to count my money. Yeah. Meet me Meet me in the Maldives and we'll count our jack-in-the-box money. That's the life I want. And by the way, we can have an ultimate cheeseburger because that's and, what matters. And by the way, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm doing everything I can do right now today. Like, this is why I bought this investment property. Yeah. I want to leverage it to open a jack-in-the-box. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to be in Utah or Sault Ste. Marie? I don't know yet, but I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you, my life, and I'm very fortunate. I'm married to a woman that supports that and gravy trainer over here, you know. Gravy trainer over here. You know, coattail riding mofo over Dude, here. I fucking nuked my life two years ago 
to get up here, and now we're ready to launch. Okay, okay so wait, I don't want to hear any gravy training. Okay, you nuked your life. You broke up with her over text after she gave you COVID. They texted. And essentially told you that you were going to have enough kids to field a football team. And as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. And you nuked your life? Yes. Okay, well, you did that. I had nothing to do with that. Right, but I'm saying I'm not a gravy trainer. No, that's true. You're not. It's just fun insulting you. Makes me feel this is inaccurate. better about myself as a man. Anyway, the point is. So get your facts straight. But you did live in my basement. Um, yeah, for like 10 minutes, I slept <laughs> on an air mattress while I had the vid. <laughs> for a week. <laughs> oh, my God. Jeremy Bolton says, will the combo number 10 meal at the Jack in the Box come with a side of E. coli? It won't. We're getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you right now, Jeremy. If you text me ahead of time and tell me you want a number ten, I can include some E. coli. Uh, some James, E. coli. Saint James says self-indulgent much? Not enough. I want to be all self-indulgent. That's it, bro. James, why are you hating today, bro? What's your what's your what's, yeah, what's and up? Where bro? is my forex gold? Yeah, why, why are you hating today, man? Why are you on the hate train? Chris Carn says I have worked from home for eighteen years. What's a nine to five, my man? You get it. You get it. Yeah, dude. Like, see, in Chris Carn, that's why. I really relate to your your thought process. Like Chris Carn and I don't know each other. I handed him a smoker because he listens to the show, mm -hmm. and we've DM'd a couple of times. But we talk about things. Like he sent me an audio book that I'm listening to. We we're like it's a good book. We're on the same page. Like that's the mentality Literally. you have to have. Grow wealth so your family never suffers or struggles. Grow wealth and see the idea that you should be empowered to chase any passion that you have. The only thing that I care about right now, um, you know, is hookers and blow. But that was a joke. I was kidding. The only thing I care about right now is retiring soon. I'm four. I'm going to be 49 in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work until I'm 70. It's really unfair. I want people to work for me while I sleep. Mm -hmm. Make me money while I sleep. That's what I want. And so my kid doesn't have to work in the next, you know, like that their infrastructure I'd love to have a dozen, a dozen jack-in-the-boxes in a, in a family trust that I can hand down to Jake, who can then hand that down to his kid after he grows it to 20. Mm -hmm. And then he hands it to his kid and his kid. And like we're creating generational wealth. Yeah. But the Fed raising rates almost screwed me yesterday. That was not good. Did you guys and see that? And he will every single time. They're going to raise rates in March. To what? <clears throat> they haven't said exactly what the percentage point will be. But, <laughs> excuse me, buying this rental property, talking to my mortgage guy yesterday, we were talking about Fed rates and we were talking about, because everything I'm doing right now is pointed at one end goal that I'm not going to talk about, but it's pointed at one end goal. So me and me and my guy, Devery, were talking about that. And he was saying, well, hey, I would actually go, because I qualify based on credit, I qualify for the lowest rate. So we were talking about not taking the lowest rate and why that's the right thing to do and yeah. You know, like it's just right now a very critical time in your life. I hope you understand that. doesn't matter what your situation is. Trust me when I say it's a critical time in your life because the world is changing pretty dramatically right now. Yeah. And those that have will have more. And those that don't, don't try to acquire and have will not have more. If you are going to sit tight and spin your wheels in the current situation that you're in, you're never going to get out of it mm -hmm. because the hole is getting deeper. The hill is actually getting steeper. That's the scary part about yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, like it is, it is really, 
it is really difficult to and i think there's a lot of people who are my age who are who are you know just not but what does that mean? Like, there are a lot of people my age who, like, I'm in a unique situation because of my age and how much money I'm able to make at Yelp, right? That's a unique situation to be in. And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, yeah, I'm the best and all that. I just, you know, we stumbled upon Yelp two years ago, and we've turned it into uh, an amazing opportunity on a monthly basis to make money. I think that the average person who's 28 or whatever and, you know, is, is probably married uh, and probably has kids at this point is not in that situation and is probably under $100,000 a year in income, which means that it's going to be really hard to buy a house and afford your life. That's what I think. I think, you know, your average person isn't going out looking for income properties. If you are 25 and you're making $50,000 or more, you need to really dig in and make a hell of a lot more than $50,000. And I cannot tell you how many millennials... I talk to at Yelp who don't have a concept of what could be. And one of the amazing things, Gesundheit. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> one of the amazing things that I'm fortunate enough to do is like Mrs. Monty and I talk about this all the time. Like we're not just sitting here hoping for the best, right? Like in, and Jake and I talk about this a lot. We're not just sitting here kind of chilling. Like I think if, if you're making good money, you have to understand that and you have to go after more. Yeah. You have to, I was talking to my boss yesterday and I said, it's just not going to, I'm not here to do what I did last year. I want more. Yeah. I need more, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Brylark. <laughs> Where's the, I'm going through some shit drop. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying, I, I really, and as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. Yeah, I really feel like right now I'm in this weird spot in my life where I'm uneasy. I've never been more financially stable than I am now. I am 100% out of debt. I am not spending my money. But in a couple of weeks here, I'm going to cut a $50,000 check on an investment property. And I'm terrified of it. My wife said to me yesterday, why? We're fine. We're going to hand a title company 50 Gs in two I'm weeks, probably, or three weeks. That's terrifying to me. I'm for real. And then my wife whips it out and slaps me in the face and says, hey. I'm a fucking unit. We're fine. Wait, she didn't say that. She didn't. She, she didn't say that. Say by the, the way. unit part. <laughs> yeah. But we're fine. But it's that little moment in time, and I don't mean to preach or get crazy about it. But there's that little moment when you're making a big decision and put yourself in this spot. Think about the last really big decision. Maybe it was getting engaged, asking her to marry you. At the moment where your wife said, "Hey, honey, we need to talk. I'm pregnant." <laughs> right. Think about those big foundational moments in your life. Yeah. And you felt that little flutter or lightness in your chest. Mm -hmm. And your senses stand up and you're like, you're in that moment where you have to do something. Mm -hmm. Do you go and do what needs to be done? Or do you like, whoa, I'm going to pull back and think about this for a minute. And I'm a big believer and I, I, I do it when I'm in that moment. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. We're writing an offer on this place. And we talked about this over the weekend when we were looking at condos and houses to buy for investments and we were going to write an offer and we were looking at one particular place and we were like, Hey, are you going to do it? Cause if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you just have to get over that mm. moment in time where that fight or flight thing is going off in your brain and in your chest. You just got to hit the gas 
because when you don't hit the gas, a lot of times that becomes a habit. Yeah. And we, our decisions are all made based on habits. We make decisions based on habits. Mm -hmm. We make, we build confidence based on those decisions that create habits. So we're making decisions based on habits. And again, I will tell you, and I know I've said this a hundred times, but confidence works both ways. When you tell yourself, I can, I am, it's awesome, I'm the best, it's no difference. You're building confidence. It's no different than saying, I can't, I won't, I'm not good enough, I'm not, you know, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this. I'm, it's, you're just building confidence. Are you building it in the right direction or are you building it in the wrong direction? Because mm -hmm. all you're doing is building confidence. And I'm telling you, when you get in that moment and you're like, no, I can't do it, I won't do it, I can't do it, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. You need to put a hard stop in and you need to go and do it. Yeah. You have to do it. Um, at some point, you have to do it because if you continue to do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. It's that simple. You know, Brylark, exactly right. All gas, no brakes. What did Brylark, are you calling for drops now? Yeah, dude. Like, how do you, <clears throat> like, wh where's all this coming from, bro? Like, how do you know all these? Correct. All gas, no brakes. Ian says those are the best moments. Yeah, it really, it really is. In Ian, you're exactly right. If you'll embrace those big moments in your life and really command those moments, when you, when the people in your life, when you and the people in your life need you to make a decision, make the decision, live with the consequences, do what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. It changes you. It really transforms who you are as a human. Yeah. Because it rewrites your brain. Like you are, <clears throat> and I'm a big believer in, um, I can't remember who said it. it may it, it I can't remember who said it, but essentially when you make big decisions and you take on big things in your life, you remap your brain. Mm -hmm. You you remap decision making. You remap it's almost as though you're formatting your DNA. That I am a player. I'm a guy that's gonna do things because I am a guy that's doing things. Yeah. To me, there there there's no better place in life to be than right in that moment. Yeah. Because it is easy. To collect, I make really good money at Yelp. My wife makes phenomenal money at her job. Like, yeah, if we didn't want to, we'd never have to have another job again. It's really we would easy. Just be able yeah. to stay there for thirty years. It'd be really easy to collect a check. I have excellent benefits. I have stocks. I have, you know, it's it'd be super easy to just do what we do. But that's never been who I I am. You know, like it just, it's just not who I am. You know, uh, Ian says I gave almost the exact pitch to an interview the other day. Got good mindset. Have to have it. Have to have it. Um, Greg Hawkins. <laughs> exactly right. I don't like work, but I do like money. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. James Knight says, why am I visualizing herds of people in white gowns fixated on Monty's every word? Herds of people in white gowns. It's a flock, man. You know, people, <laughs> you're sheeple. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I may be the outlier, but my wife and I both have nine to fives. Work from home, have three young kids, and love all the time we get to have with our kids. I like the stability. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's tough, man. It is. It is. And that's tough to walk away from. Jeremy, and if that's your life, hey, dude, do it. I don't th I don't personally think there's anything wrong with that. I no, think not that, at all. I think that I, I think, you know, when you're at that point, I, I, I think you've made your decision. You've made your bed and that's fine. I don't have any issue with that. But for me, I'm I've always been the guy who's like, I don't want to lose my flexibility. I don't want to lose my ability to just go and do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And that's that's what I hold dearest, I guess. You know, the hard thing about about that nine to five collecting a paycheck 
is there's a lot of people who egotistically cannot embrace that. And you just have to embrace it. You know, like you, it, there's real value in that. And, and I, I, I think that if you are somebody that wants to be a nine to five and you want to collect a paycheck and you want to collect a pension at the end of the day, embrace that, do that, build your life, facilitate the future, whatever that future is. If you're a nine to five guy and you're putting money away and you have an IRA and a Roth and you're doing what you need to do for your future. Hey, Jeremy, there's nothing wrong with that. Embrace it, build that infrastructure, put yourself in a position to succeed with that. That's valuable, right? But I think for me, that's just not been my thing ever. You know, and it's what made my transition out of the talk radio business very difficult. I never wanted to leave that behind because it pays really well, but there's no stability in it. But I love being on the radio. I love talking to people every day. And it was it was really difficult to leave that behind. Yeah. But man, the freedom that comes with leaving that behind, the freedom that comes from taking risks and failing, the freedom that comes that from learning from those failures and growing and and getting closer with my wife and working together to build a vision for what we want our lives to be like and what we're working towards. There's nothing better than that, man. And and I I just I I think. Jeremy, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Quentin Moyer says, I'm in college to get my broadcast journalism degree, and money is a problem right now. Stop going to college and start creating content. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, and I say this to a lot of, I talk to a lot of people that are wanting to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Create content, Quentin. If money is a problem, make more money. Let me ask. Let me propose this question, and I, and I don't mean it from a place of hating on your plan. What is a journalism going to do? A journalism degree going to do for you that creating content can't? What do you need to be taught? You need to be taught how to use a mixer. You need to be taught how to formulate a topic. You need to be taught how to uh, find information and write articles. I got news for you, bro. YouTube.com. Yeah, All of that's seriously. available to you. Seriously, and I, 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 I am a big proponent of colleges and for everybody. I think colleges for a select few, particularly in the medical and legal field. Yeah, uh, and I think that college is is glorified uh, more than it is useful for about ninety five percent of people. Yeah, but you have to be willing to go and find the information you need to make what you want happen happen. You have to be willing to do that. James Knight says, all donations to be sent to the Church of Monty, P.O. Box, Luca's mom. Exactly right. Jared Jensen says, hire Craven Moorhead to be the next coach of the Jazz. <laughs> I mean, he's qualified. <laughs> he's qualified. Craven Moorhead is one of the best things I've ever heard out of the comment section. Giggity says, you're wrong about the white gowns. We're in new sweet black t-shirts. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I'm not into the nine to five personally, but I do like the structure. The most difficult aspect of irregular hours for me is managing my own time. (laughs) If managing your own time is very challenging, very challenging. It, if you ever audit, just audit your day minute Mm. by minute one day. Mm -mm. Don't do it. You'll Mm. terrify yourself. Uh, content is king, Greg says. Consistency will get you there. You can make pretty decent money from your own phone. Yeah, you can. Uh, Quentin Moyer says, my dream is to be on ESPN and talk sports. Been wanting to do it since I was a kid. And luckily, my high school let me be a commentator at games. 
So it's been helping me, and I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Don't think about it. Yeah, Stop so here's the thing with it. that. Here's the thing with that, and and I, I love the passion. Here would be my advice, though. You need to understand where places like ESPN are at right now, right? It's harder than it's ever been to be a, a 25-year-old kid with a journalism degree that gets an ESPN. That's just not the culture and where things are at right now. And I would tell you that that the more you go down that path, the harder it's going to be for you financially because they're not willing to pay. What I would tell you is find a nine to five, but then build a podcast, grow a podcast, you know, and, and it doesn't need to be, dude, we've been doing this podcast for going on six years now, right? I Like I remember there, and there are people who listen to the show that remember the beginning days when we had, you know, uh, a tiny little Mevo when it first came out, we were doing the show on Periscope with an iPad and two mics. Right. Like this show had the what you see now is five years in the making. So it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But I would tell you everything you need to know to do a podcast is online. You don't need whatever college you're going to for that. Stop thinking about making a podcast and start making a podcast. Yeah. Do it on your phone. Dude, do it on your phone. If you don't have a YouTube channel, create a YouTube channel right now. I mean, right now, because the quickest way to making money on YouTube is a thousand subscribers because then you can monetize your content, right? Like it, it's not rocket science. We're at, it's taken us years to get this podcast to 10,000 listeners a day, but we've done it. We've done it because we do it consistently. Yeah. And, and you know what, Quentin, if you don't have a LinkedIn account, make a LinkedIn account and connect with me and we, you know, let's, let's talk. Let's, you know, I'm happy to, I'm happy to lend you whatever advice you would want to take from me. And, and yeah. I've been exactly where you are and I've done exactly what you're trying to do. I've worked at ESPN, man. And it's a great place to be, but the, the road to get there is very rocky and it is full of potholes and there's a lot of easy mistakes to make. So hit me up. Um, that's it. Show's over. We got to roll because we have to go to nine to five now. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe on this channel here to win this Xbox Series X. Uh, if you buy a t-shirt from us, 25 bucks, you get five entries for everybody else's one. Find me on uh, TikTok. I'm giving away a PS5 on TikTok on our show channel, The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show underscore on TikTok. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.